Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome back to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast glad to be with you for episode number 46 on this monday august 28 2017 i am joe morata alongside the one the only michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy diddy howdy doody to you sir how's everything going how you been it's good Uh, it's been going well we got some stuff today huh we do have some stuff today it's gonna be a great show folks we thank you for joining us as we walk you through the world of retro wrestling a few things first quinn you know what tomorrow is uh, your birthday, right? It is! Yes, you remember. I remember. Look at you remembering birthdays. That's like, that's rare, isn't it? said it on last week, so... <laughs> uh, uh, I, I guess you caught me. I membered it. <laughs> you membered it. Yeah. So, um, that's really all I have to say about yeah. that. Tomorrow's well, my birthday. Happy pre-birthday? Happy pre-birthday. It's not belated. No, not belated. Uh, yeah. Prelated. Prelated birthday. There you and go. Folks, uh, obviously, you can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast, and on Twitter, you can um, tweet at us. Yeah, you can hit the tweet button. <laughs> you can you, hit that tweet button. You just type things in, and you hit tweet. Yeah, other people do that all the time. Yeah, we do it. Yeah, we do it. You know what I really like on Twitter, Michael? Would it be the gifts? <laughs> it would be the gifts, exactly. There's yes. some good ones, just random clips of random shit, you know? Yeah. Dean Coles is really good with yeah, the gifts. Yeah, I like him. Follow like, him, folks, if you don't. Dean yeah. Coles. Dean Coles. Dean yes. Coles. Hot Coles. <laughs> Hot Coles. And Quinn, of course, people can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can do that as long as you have a valid return address, Quinn. Yes. Do not write to us without a valid email because then I write things and then I hit the send button and it's like, oh, you're a jerk. Postmaster Damon or whatever. Yeah. Postmaster <laughs> General of the Internet comes and says, you know, it's like Wolf. Wilford Brimley or something gets mad. Diabetes. I'm Wilford Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. So, not only that, of course, you can go to our Facebook group, Quinn. There's a lot of action there. Yeah, good action, actually. <laughs> good um, action. All you got to do is go on Facebook.web, and then you, in the search bar, you type our vantage point retro wrestling podcast and what happens then then you'll see two things okay. you'll see the pr page don't you can't join that it won't let you but if you go to the group the group you hit join and you're in and all you have to do is wait for us to approve you which we do for everyone we do for everyone yeah now what exactly happens on that group quinn shenanigans oh yeah pretty much a lot of fans yeah a lot of fans talking about a lot of things ruben vesquez always trying to mess with us yeah always trying to post pictures of pedro morales (laughs) or trying to get me riled up in the middle of the week (laughs) or or like people being like oh what do you think of the summer slam coming up or something (laughs) or like some pay-per-view yeah exactly so you can obviously go there folks and quinn until they get shut down one day we are hosted on soundcloud but we prefer that you listen with your favorite podcatcher and obviously we are on several different different platforms michael we're on apple podcast where you can hit the subscribe button it's the easiest form Mm -hmm. to receive this podcast and it will zap into your phone every week Mm -hmm. over there you can also leave a review if you like the podcast leave five stars if you don't like the podcast leave five stars (laughs) um you can also get the podcast over at google play music who cares 
Stitcher. Oh, whoa, uh, Gorilla. Stitcher. Stitcher. Yep. MySpace. No, no, not MySpace. <laughs> still no. Yeah, it's still no. Wow, we need to get a MySpace. But yeah, Auto and TuneIn and yep. you know various places. One place you can find us is placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. In fact, this podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation. It is. Did you know that? Yeah, we don't have the thing at the beginning. No, we don't. Well, we say it every week. (laughs) Exactly. But anyway, so you can go to placetobenation.com and you can check out all their other great podcasts. Quinn and I really, really like a couple that are on there. There's the Place to Be podcast. They're the mother thip, right? Yeah, the main thing over there. (laughs) It's basically the main podcast. Yes. With JT Rosero and Scott Criscolo, and they walk you through the World Wrestling Federation. Right now, they're in 1986. Another good one that cropped up within the last few months is a part of their pro wrestling only feed, Quinn, and you yeah. know which one that is. With our little brother, Petey. Petey Winson hosts Greetings from Allentown, and that's a great one-man lonely little program there. Yeah, little. <laughs> little Petey. It's great, though. It's a really good show. We encourage you to go to placetobenation.com. Michael, a couple more things. On our website, which is ovppodcast.com, yes. you can find the suggestion box. Yes, up at the top, you can hit the suggestions link. There's a Excel spreadsheet. And you can just leave suggestions in there. Rushmore's. Why did they bother? Review. Reviews. Whatever. And we'll you can do put your best. name in, and then yep. we'll say your name on the show. Yep. So you get a little so, shout out there. Yep. We do our best to get to everything. And finally, we have some merchandise. We have the OVT shirt, and that is available at teespring.com. That is T-E-E Spring. Dot com slash OVP podcast. Quinn, as the summer comes to a conclusion in the next few weeks, we're going to have to switch over and get some fall merch going, I think. Fall huh? gear. Fall gear, the yeah. Coffee cup. You're really big on that coffee cup, yeah, huh? Well, you know, you got to put your hot apple cider in there. Yep, exactly. You know? Or coffee. Yeah, or coffee. <laughs> but I mean, I prefer the cider. You don't drink coffee. Yeah, I, I rather prefer the Coca-Cola yeah, variety yeah, of we, caffeine. We know that. Well, folks, we thank you for sticking with the OVP variety, as this week we've got some topics for you. I'm very interested to see what Quinn unleashes on us for the first topic of the day, which is, why did they bother? Michael Quinn. This week, I want to go and ask you, why did they bother with Hulk Hogan versus Sid at WrestleMania 8, or why didn't they bother with Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan at <laughs> WrestleMania 8? Ric Flair. Best wrestler ever. Really? Yeah. You know, that's a really interesting one to talk about. I know we've glossed over it way back when. Yeah. We never really went over this in detail. Now, Ric Flair, we went over kind of the run in general in the WWF yes. in, from 1991 to early 93. Mm-hmm. But we did not discuss this specific thing, which is pretty much the meat and potatoes of his run and why it failed, sort of. Right. So I guess... To start at the beginning, if you're new around here, Hogan was WWF's biggest star from the mid-80s onward until he left. Was he? Yes. (laughs) And Ric Flair was the NWA's biggest star, I would say, from the time he received the mantle from Harley Race at Starcade 83 until he left in 1991, Mm -hmm. WCW. So finally, Quinn, as you know, Ric Flair... Signs with the WWF in the summer of 91. Yeah, and everyone's excited because now we'll finally get to see who's better, Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair. And Quinn, talk us through that because at SummerSlam 91 is the first sign of that. Yes, it's SummerSlam 91. Uh, Bobby the Brain, he uh, shows up at Hogan's dressing room door, which Hogan's not even there. It's right. just like a door that says Hulk Hogan and probably like Bruce Pritchard or somebody <laughs> slammed the door on him or right. Harvey or whoever happened yeah. to be there at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> on the half of the real world's champion, Ric Flair. I would like to challenge you, Hogan, at any time, any place. Who do you 
think you're embarrassing? You hear me? You wouldn't do that if Ric Flair was standing here. And Bobby has the WCW, the the NWA the World belt. The Heavyweight title, the Ric Flair belt. Yep. Yeah, the big gold belt. Yep. And he challenges him. Yeah, and Bobby says, I challenge you from the real world's champion for the, you know, for the world title or whatever. And he gets a door slammed on him. So then that builds to Ric Flair calling out Hulk Hogan a real lot when he debuts in September of 91. You know how long the real world champion has heard the name Hulk Hogan? You know how long I've had to listen to you talk about the 24-inch pythons, big man. And the first thing Flair does is he has like a mini feud with Roddy Piper on the house show circuit. Yes. He kind of gets the better of Piper, which no one really did, but he kind of did. Yes. Then he has some house show, some house show <laughs> matches with Hulk Hogan, um, one of which, or maybe two of which, are televised on MSG right. from the Garden. Yes, and, and I believe them. they're on the network, too. Yeah, and they're good. Yeah. Ric Flair had been hyping that he was the real world's champion. That, that's a big, big thing in this feud, is that he's saying... No, like, I don't need to win anything. I am, like, the actual world champion. Right. Which he is. He like, was. Yeah, yeah. He was never beat for it, he right? He was never beat for it. And Hogan was the world champion at the time he started saying that. Right. And I guess we should mention that when Undertaker defeated Hulk Hogan at Survivor Series, it was due to interference. From Ric Flair. Exactly. And conversely, uh, when Hogan won it back at this Tuesday in Texas, I think Flair tried to get involved. Yeah, I think it failed, though. It, like, backfired. Right. So there's obviously heat with them. Kayfabe, you know, yeah. obviously. There's there's a feud brewing this whole time. Yes. Since SummerSlam. Yeah, it's like, we're going on, what, like, eight months by the time they get to WrestleMania? Yeah. Yeah. So Flair wins the world title, right? Yeah. At and Royal then, Rumble. At Royal Rumble. Oh, yes! 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 Flair did it! Yes! 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 He did it! I told you! Ladies and gentlemen, I told you! The winner of the Royal Rumble! I told you! I told you! Yes! 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 What happens at that fake press conference, Quinn? So, this is weird. So, they have this press conference, right? It's ultra fake with, like, <laughs> yeah. terrible, stoogy-looking people that obviously just work for Titan. It's in clearly, like, a dressed-up conference room <laughs> in Titan Towers. Yeah, and you've got, like, a panel of idiots sitting there, yeah, like, you, waiting for the world title. So, it's anybody who's announced. considered, like, <laughs> allegedly could be a contender at WrestleMania for the world title, right? right? You got, like, Piper. You got, yeah, you got Piper, who's the Intercontinental Champion, right. so that makes sense. You got the Macho Man, which I don't even know why he's there. I don't know. Undertaker. But Undertaker, who, you know, obviously he had just lost the title, so he should get a rematch. Mm-hmm. You have Sid. Yes. I, I, I don't even know why Sid thought he deserved, he didn't really do anything. He was, like, t- the final two or, or something of the Rumble, maybe. Maybe because he pulled Hogan out. Right, and then you have Hogan, of course. Right. So Jack Tunney, as we all know, he's like, the number one contender is Hulk Hogan. Of right? course. And that, yeah, of For course. For no reason. Right, no, arbitrary, right? Yeah. And then Hogan's like, yes! Ugh. You <laughs> know, that whole thing. Sid's, like, scrunching paper. Yes. Like he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed members of the press, challenging Ric Flair for the World Wrestling Federation title will be... Hulk Hogan! Yes! Yes! Like, if I was making the mouth noises he's doing, right. it's like... 
right yeah. exactly perfect that yeah. was really good yeah. and so on paper at that moment in time <laughs> well not on Sid's paper <laughs> <laughs> yeah it looks like we were going to get Hogan versus Flair at Wrestlemania 8 but what actually happened at Wrestlemania 8 it ended up being Hulk Hogan versus Sid because like I don't know Sid was mad at him like what like, like there's I really don't understand like why you would give up your world title match in kayfabe at Wrestlemania in the Hoosier Dome right to fight go fight crappy Sid so that, like so that's the okay. Harvey Firestein <laughs> Whippleman so whatever that's the kayfabe like weirdness about it now in real life folks I should mention that the accepted line on the internet if you like Dave Meltzer yeah. and his information, or if you like people that only cite Dave Meltzer yes. and you really like them a lot, is that it didn't draw, these house show matches didn't draw the way WWF expected them to, so that's why they mm. changed plans. I, I'm very suspect of that, and okay. I'll tell you why. Go ahead. As we've pointed out with the, the drop in wrestling around this time, yes, no, nothing was drawing. Correct. It didn't matter. You could have put the best heel ever versus the best baby face though if the whole business is declining right and i'm sure these numbers weren't awful either they were just awful in comparison to the boom period and we're out of the boom period now definitely by early 92 we are and it's a shame because the roster's at its all-time best they have a great roster Uh, in 92 absolutely exactly and they're they're putting up some pretty good storylines and stuff like that so i mean savage jake there's a bunch of good stuff but the the rationale that rick flair versus hulk hogan wasn't a big enough draw is insane right exactly because there's so many factors as to why it might not have drawn as big of a house show crowd at right. various places. What day of the week were these shows on? Also, <laughs> you know, didn't like, these people like expect that there would be some really big match at WrestleMania in between these two? So maybe. why would they care about like house shows where everyone knows what happened at a house show? Nothing happened at a house <laughs> show. Like you know what I mean? And not only that, it's not like they had really built it up too much. You know what I mean? It yeah. was like, yeah, they're gonna fight. Fine. But for WrestleMania if they were able to get, I know they had to paper the Hoosier Dome somewhat, right? But why would Hogan Sid be any better? Exactly, and that's that's the real crux of it. Here is why would you think that <laughs> at all? Like, why would you think that Sid versus Hulk Hogan would be a hu- a bigger draw right. than Ric Flair <laughs> versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania? Yeah, for the world title. Why would you think a double main event of Savage and Flair? and Hogan versus Sid would be a bigger draw than Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. I know. Isn't that good enough? Yeah. Honestly, like, Savage could have fought, I don't know, Undertaker, Jake Roberts, whatever, right? Sid. Sid, yeah, fine. Yeah. Like, somebody, yeah. right? Keep him busy. Yeah. People still like Savage. But what? I just don't get it. Like, what were they expecting to draw on the Who Show circuit yeah. in, in late 91, early 92? I don't get it. No one was watching wrestling. No. Like, why would it draw? Yeah, exactly. I hate, I hate that whole fucking mentality. Well, they didn't draw. It didn't draw. It's 91 and 92. Yeah. Nothing drew. Yeah. Well, everything was declining. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Just, it's not like nobody was showing up to these things. What are they expecting? Like Hogan Andre numbers? Yeah, it's insane. Why would that happen? And by the way, the Hoosier Dome is a pretty big arena. Yes. I'm pretty sure they would have sold well. They so, Yes, exactly. Like, if they were able to sell well enough with Hogan crappy Sid. Yeah. And uh, uh, no offense to Sid. Like, look, Sid... I like him. But he's not Ric Flair. He's not Ric Flair. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And the whole, the whole because of how all this turned out, even though we would later get Flair versus Hogan in WCW, I always felt we got robbed of like the, 
the good thing. What like could the, have been, the, right? What could have been in their primes. Like, not to say that they were in their absolute primes, but they were closer to their absolute primes. Than 94 Hogan? Yeah. yeah and 94 Flair? Exactly. Exactly. And it was good in WCW, but... So here, here... Okay, let's break this down real quick. So, they went with Hogan Sid instead. That match sucked. Yeah. I think we can say. The only good thing was, you know, for fans, was that the Ultimate Warrior came back. Yes. To save him from Papa Shango there. <laughs> Yes, yeah. and and Sid had a kick out of the leg drop, I guess, because Papa Shango was late on yeah. his run in. So yeah. it wound up being a fuck finish at the main event of WrestleMania, right? First of all, yeah. Well, the double main event, the second half, the second right? Second half, yeah. the show ending main yeah. event. Not only that, though, at least we did get a very good angle and match out of Flair versus Savage. I will say that. Yes, we got a great match out of Flair versus Savage, and in fact, that's one of the better WrestleMania matches in general. It is a great world title match at WrestleMania. It's a testament to Randy Savage. You are the champion, Ric Flair, and I am the challenger for a little while. Do you think, though, that they should have bothered and just went went with Hogan Flair despite their, their yes. misgivings? Yes. No, no matter what. If you have Hogan and Ric Flair in the same company mm-hmm. and they've never fought each other on pay-per-view, you're stupid. <laughs> like, you're, 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 it's, I don't care what excuse you throw out there. There's nothing that could convince me or probably most people otherwise. What about the house show gates, though, Quinn? Who gives a shit? <laughs> This what is if, pay-per-view. What it's about, not what house about drawing? What about drawing? And- it doesn't fucking matter. It's Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair. <laughs> I tend to agree with you. And some people complain about the way Flair was handled in WWF. He won the world title. No. I, <laughs> you know me, what I mean? Joe, I think the complaint is not how he was handled in a like importance factor. He was treated importantly. That's not I think so. That's not the argument. It's o- that this Hogan don't. it's that this Hogan thing. This is what I think makes people think differently about Flair. Think that it wasn't what it could have been. Now who would have won, Quinn? If you're booking <sighs> I mean, if I'm Vince McMahon, I'm probably just going to book Hogan and beat Ric Flair. Hogan was leaving, though, on a hiatus. Right, exactly. But so what do you do? That's the issue, right? I, or I do mean, you do the Sid finish? What do you I, do the same thing and Warrior comes out to save him? I think... Honest, I hate fantasy booking. But. Honestly, I think that if Hogan was in the frame of mind to fight Ric Flair at WrestleMania yeah. in general, yeah. he, most likely he would have come back anyway, correct? Um, I guess he, so. I mean, the whole let's let's assume that everything went the, the same way it did, where Hogan left because of the scandals and because yeah. he wanted to get the hell out of there and film his movie and all that, and came back in you know early '93. What if they had just done the same finish they did with Sid? Yeah, with Flair Ultimate and Warrior comes out, and then it Flair leads to perfect, Ultimate Warrior versus Ric Flair, Flair feud for the world title, right? Yeah, that would have worked. Do you think? Before we wrap up, do you? Why do you really think they didn't do it? Do you really think it is the house show thing? I think it's Hulk Hogan's ego. You really think so? I think that Flair, even though he was the heel, they're probably in you know the in Indiana area. I guess would have probably rooted for Flair. Some of them, Not, I'd say at least a quarter. Yeah, there'd be a significant portion because people liked Ric Flair even then. Yeah, people liked Ric Flair. People right. were happy when he won the Rumble. And even though Hogan would be getting 75% of the cheers, that's not enough. It's got to be 100% or nothing for Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and like even their MSG shows, New York, was some people were cheering for Flair. Right. Because they had had enough of Hogan. Undertaker got cheered over Hogan. Exactly. Do you think that's one aspect? It's definitely like an ego thing with Hulk. And do you think maybe they just couldn't come up with a way to do the match that satisfied both parties? Honestly, the only way to do it if Hogan's leaving is for Flair to win. Or the, the 
the crappy finish that we described, well, right? The thing is, is that what I would have done is instead, you know, that how they had that that fuck finish or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would have had Flair win in some manner where it didn't make Hogan look weak, so that you could have a return match. Hopefully, depending on when Hogan, because they didn't know at the time, like when Hogan it, was going to come back. But, like maybe they thought, oh, maybe Hogan will come back at SummerSlam, right? Sure. Or or Survivor sure, Series sure, or sure. some shit yes. like that, right? Yeah. Then, like, they could just have Flair beat him by Countout or something and the Ultimate Warrior help. All right, but to play devil, devil's advocate here, is that really the best platform for a return match setup? The main event of WrestleMania? You really want to be setting up a return match? Well, the this problem is, house show. The problem is, is that they didn't have Flair have much interaction with Hogan before WrestleMania. They didn't, except on the host show circuit. Which means that that WrestleMania matches your initial interaction. I guess so. so I get what you're saying, Quinn. Yeah. In the same way that Rude and uh, Warrior yeah. had the WrestleMania 5 match and it led to a good SummerSlam rematch. Right. Kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. I understand. Well, folks, we want to know what you think. Should they have just bitten the bullet, despite whatever the real reason is? I know the accepted line from the WWE themselves, and probably from Meltzer, is that it didn't draw blah, blah, blah. Quinn and I would argue that nothing was going to draw, quote unquote, yeah. the way things had anyway, because wrestling, in a sense, is a fad, and sometimes that wears off as the years go on, and people care about other things. Yes. Regardless, we want to know, do you think they should have bothered with Hogan Flair at WrestleMania, or do you think things are fine the way they are? Let us know at ovppodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at us or join the Facebook group. And Michael Quinn, when we come back, we got Mount Rushmore and Death Valley to deal with. Ooh, ooh. Back after this. Bobby, they tell me that Hogan is in the gym training harder than he ever has in his entire life for his upcoming match with the real world's heavyweight champion. Hogan, it's too late. You can run, but you can't hide. Now, if I were you, I'd make plans on how to explain to all those little kids and all those people in Hollywood how for years you've ducked Ric Flair, how for years you've ducked the challenge of the real world's heavyweight champion. Think about it, Hulk. Now you got to walk that long, immortal and face Ric Flair, the real world champion, Hogan, I'm waiting. Woo! Flair. 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 You know something, Ric Flair? Everything you said, brother, out here the last few weeks hasn't made much sense. But there's one thing, dude, that you hit the nail on the head with. And that's the fact that Hulk Hogan has gone back to training, brother, harder than he ever has. Oh, yeah, I've toppled the Giants, man. Andre the Giant, all the natural disasters, brother. But I got a special place in my heart for you, Ric Flair. For ten years, dude, I watched you as a great big fish. That looked like you was swimming in a little pond, brother, because you were laying low and hiding from Hulk Hogan, dude. You know the WWF title from Madison Square Garden is the only real title. And what you're going to do, Ric Flair, when Hulk Hogan and my Hulkamaniacs run wild on you? From Harley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to be with you for episode number 46 on this Monday, August 28th, 
2017. Michael Quinn, mm-hmm. do you know what it's time for? Uh, I think it's time for a certain mountain and a certain valley. <laughs> yes, it is, folks. It is Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week Quinn and I will put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore, and four of the worst will go down into the desert of Death Valley. And this week's lucky winner from the suggestion box is Rob Sanchez, and he wanted us to talk about... Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And Quinn, I was thinking, since you and I have done WWF World Champions, since we have done WWF Intercontinental Champions, I think it's only fitting that we do this with the WWF Tag Team Champions. Okay. Now, Which ones? <laughs> exactly. I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> the actual ones that, like, the teams of, like, you know, the 80s and 90s had, because I know they did all these brand splits later in the... Even ori- the 70s? Yeah, uh, well, we'll see if any of them make it yeah. <laughs> on either side. But, yeah, the, like, the ones that they had until, what, like, a few years ago, basically, before they officially split them both? Well, now seven years ago, because it was it 2010. Was Jeez. Yeah. Before they split it, you know, before it was Raw and SmackDown and their, their own things, we're talking about the class tag titles Quinn you know when the tag titles mattered yeah remember that era yeah remember when they mattered yeah I'm sure there are four really good ones that we can come up with and I'm sure there are four really bad ones and folks obviously at any time let us know yours you can yes. tweet at us email us go to Facebook let us know your Mount Rushmore Death Valley but Quinn since I had the pick you have the stick so who do you have honestly for me for the WWF tag titles I always think of demolition mm. demolition why is, why is that because to me, they were like the consummate tag team champions of their time. That's like, a very I, good point. I, and they were so over. Yes, they were. And they were so cool. And I think that they're even better than LOD. Like, well, we, yeah, I know. I know. We've been over that. I know you do. I don't know. Demolition, to me, they, they just, they had that dominance. And they, they felt like they should be the tag team champions. They did. And each one of their wins was such a cool moment, you know, from their first one at WrestleMania 4 to their last one at WrestleMania 6. Yes. Defeating um, Andre and Haku, where they three-peated. Yes. They are, like, the consummate tag team champions of their era. You're absolutely right. Right. But I have to volley one to you. Okay. The Hart Foundation. Okay, the Hart Foundation, yes. Another fine, fine yes. tag team now the, and tag team champions. The Hearts, though, they were always chasing, I felt, a lot of the time. A lot of the time, they did have two distinct runs, once as faces and once as heels. Obviously, the heel run is when they beat the Bulldogs in early 87. Right. And they held those until the end of 87 and lost them to Strike Force. Yes. Then they chased on and off for a couple of years. And went on singles runs. Went on singles runs and finally defeated Demolition, of all teams. The, right. The crappier Demolition. Yeah, the with Crush at yes. that great two out of three falls match that we talked about recently at SummerSlam 90 mm-hmm. and that was their second run you know in, into WrestleMania 7 so I think they're another team that you know maybe not as um, emblematic of their era yes. as Demolition was mm-hmm. But as far as a good team and good champions, like, they were fit to be tag champions. Yeah, you know? no doubt about it. It made sense. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I could put both of them on, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I could put both of them it's, on, too. <laughs> it's really not uh, hard. What about... Yep. They, see, this is what's interesting, is through this, like, I guess, what is it, like, 35-year period, like, the last champions I have listed are the Hart Dynasty as the last... Uh, good God. ...regular tag team champions. Right. From, you know, Luke Graham and Tarzan Tyler. <laughs> During this period, um, the, there's one team that sticks out as far as, like, they were, again, consummate champions. And who's that? The New Age Outlaws. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! 
Yeah, I mean, I know. I know, you're right. Like, I know people have their problems with them. And I understand those problems. But they're probably one of the best of the, you know, old school WWE tag team champions. Yep, and they were part of ushering in the Attitude Era. Yes. You know, when they won the titles, they beat up LOD in, in 97. Yeah. And throughout 98, they were mainly the tag champions. You yeah, know, for I mean, on and off. I don't know if this is a fact or not, but I want to say they have one of the most title reigns of the tag. Maybe. Like, I don't, don't, know. don't they have like a lot or something? I don't know if they do or not, but they were definitely the tag champions a real lot. Mm-hmm. They definitely are, you know, representative of their era. Yeah. It's hard to really have an argument against them, but should we put Demolition on first? Because I don't think anything is knocking Demolition off. Are they the greatest, do you think? Like, do you think like they're like, the best tag I I mean tag team champions yeah because tag team champions again yeah. folks we're not talking about tag teams we're talking about a tag team champion and should this team have been the tag champions did it make sense that they were you know etc yeah. it's all subjective but you right. know I think they are mm, I, I mean, mean I don't know if to... they're the best because again we there's a lot here I want to get to alright who else you got you can go because we got three in one big chunk because yeah. you got the Dudleys Edge and Christian yeah. and, Je- and the Hardy Boys. Yeah. A lot of people would regard them yeah, as I like know. high tier on this list. You're, I'm not going to say they're low tier. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I still think nothing can knock off demolition, Quinn. What about yes. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog? Love Again, them. consummate tag team champions during their period. Yeah, their unfortunate period. You know? But they were. They, they were, but I think it was more of a case of like there was no one else, Quinn. What, are you going to put it on Furnace and LaFon? <laughs> I mean, come on, really? Or New saying, Blackjacks? They, they, they did a, a good thing by, like, they held on to those cells. They kept them alive. They and, kept them alive. I'll give them that. But I don't, I don't know if they're the best. I liked them. In England and in Canada, we don't do that kind of stuff because we're civilized. We're educated. We're not a bunch of animals walking around with paint on their face, carrying around a bunch of stinky slop buckets. Mm-hmm. I liked them in the same way when you go to a restaurant and they don't have Coke, you have Pepsi. <laughs> So they're the Pepsi of the They're the Pepsi of the tag titles. <laughs> I can't I cannot find four teams that are gonna knock demolition off this list. Hmm. I cannot. I cannot think of four teams that would knock them off. Okay. I mean, I kind of agree with you. I just wanted to go through some guys that came to mind that start to fill up this list and knock them off. I understand what you're saying. I'm going demolition for number one if you're willing to to go in with me. I'll go. All right, so demolition for number one. So we got the foundation, we got the outlaws. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts there? I mean, those are good teams. They um, are, right? I, and there's there's plenty more to go. What else are you thinking? I think we have to say this one only because I know it's not the best, but yeah. a lot of people seem to remember it. What? I guess they were known as the Soul Patrol, Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson. Oh, Rocky Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't a think lot, so. I, I, always, I, know. I always hear this from people. Yes, is, yes. Is, you know, these it, two guys. Was, I don't personally agree. I don't either. However, in the context of the tag titles, they're well-remembered. <sighs> they are, but it's mainly because they beat the Samoans on that thing in Allentown, and it was a big deal, right? Well, I guess if you ask Petey, <laughs> they'd be the best. Or well, he, he greets us from there, yeah. from Allentown. What about the Samoans themselves? Any consideration there? Yeah, I mean, the Samoans are interesting because they were mimicked a lot, like with the head shrinkers. And, the, and to an extent, the Usos. The Usos. And, kind of. Well, the Usos, I don't think, existed when these tactiles <laughs> existed. No, no, I know. 
but the Samoans definitely were an influential team. They, again, that dominant team. But I, I, if I'm going to think of dominant team, I think Demolition right. takes their spot. Yeah, so. exactly. And then you have the Outlaws, and you have the Hart Foundation, and maybe, maybe the Hardy Boys are Ed, Edge and right. Christian. I don't know about the Dudleys. I don't know. I feel like the Dudleys of those those that triad is actually the more like tag teamy tag team. No way, really? That, yeah, the Dudleys were they were a force to be reckoned with in their time. So were Edge and Christian. I mean, they won those TLC matches yeah, all but the time. Edge and Christian were portrayed in such a way where they kind of they squeaked out. Well, but so the, were Dudley, the Outlaws, the Dudley Boys, were the dominant team. The Outlaws squeaked out too, and we were considering them. Yeah, they were squeakers. Yeah, but they yeah. were a little squeaky. Yeah, they were. <laughs> There was well, some they, squeak. The, the outlaws to me, they're like the Ric Flair of tag champions, and in, in a way where I mean, like they're like a zillion time tag champs. They'd always find a way to get yeah. them back. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's good or not. What about the uh, LOD? Mm, I don't know the LOD. That particular tag title, they're not as identified. No, they're more NWA tag yeah, champs, right? Okay. Exactly. I, I think that's fair to to yeah. kick them off. You're not gonna. You wouldn't consider Money Inc., would you? No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> not at all, really? That's a time in the tag division I, I cared not to remember. Yeah, okay, I understand. What about the smoking guns? Would you consider them? Mm. No, right? I mean, because Billy Gunn went on to be in the New Age Outlaws, it kind of eclipsed that. That's a very fair point. Yeah. Now, you wouldn't be putting some crap like the Rock and Sock Connection or any of that shit into consideration, I mean, okay, would so you? I think there's room for super teams. Oh, God. But there's only really, to me, one that ever stood out. And who is that? I really like Austin and Michaels, only because we had never seen a team like that, that they hated each other from the onset. That yeah, was unique. That was a Russo trademark, and that was the first usage of it. But really, they didn't. They weren't good champions. No, but they, they didn't they, do anything. They were unique. They, w- they so, were a very unique tag team. Yeah, but, I, it, it was a super team, but they hate each other. But they're the champions, so they're obligated to wrestle with each other because they have titles. Well, like, it didn't that's, last long. That's Quinn. interesting to yeah, me. It's, it's interesting, but it lasted a couple of weeks. I understand that. that but, can't make it. But it, it started an idea. Like, because yeah. they would repeat it but later. But not a good idea. Eh. It, that thing got so overused. I gotta go Heart Foundation for number two. This is silly. No, Heart Foundation, definitely. Right? I'll go with the Heart Let's Foundation. just get the hearts on there. And, you know, yeah. you know, I, me and Jim, we're, we're good tag team. All yeah, right, so they're it. on there for number two. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Demolition and the Heart Foundation. That's pretty good picking so far. Yeah. We've got two more spots now. We got to get down to the nitty and the gritty, Michael. Yes. I, I don't know. I'm going outlaws. <sighs> I mean, look, I can't really argue against it as much as I'd like to. Yeah. They were like the tag champions when you think attitude era. Right. I mean, it, it, it's it's really hard to like not think of the New Age Outlaws as one of the best tag team champions they ever had. Unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever your perspective might be, they were the tag champs of the Attitude Era. Right. If Hogan was the world champ of the Golden Era, right? If Demolition was the tag champs of the Golden Era, right? If Austin was the world champ of the Attitude Era, or Rock, maybe? The Outlaws were the tag champs. They were the tag champs. I think we have to put them in. Yeah. Number three? I can't even argue against them. Okay, so, controversial or not, New Age Outlaws for number three. This is where it gets interesting, though, because this four spot, Michael, yeah, there might be a fight for this one. <laughs> yeah, there might be. All right, I mean, there's all sorts of crazy teams. Like when you look up and down the list, like a- British Bulldogs. Yeah, the British Bulldogs. Here's one that some people might overlook. Who? 
The Undertaker and Kane. I mean, people were really into that at the time. When like, was that, 99, 98? Oh, one. Uh, oh, couple, God, no. Yeah, no, well, I think there was a couple of instances. Yeah, they, like, See, I don't like that. I don't. I didn't like that. But they were multi-time tag champs together, is my point. That's not a good thing. I'm just saying, like, uh, yeah, I know, I know, but so I, 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 we can't. That's not allowed. I wouldn't say they're like the worst either, though. No, I wouldn't no, put them in the worst. But, but, it, but it, to me, I always thought of it as a really cool moment. That's, that's all. Sheik and Volkov. They were a big deal, and not, not big, big enough. enough. Yeah, I think that's one of those things you look at in retrospect, and you're like, no. Do you think that's the same with the Bulldogs? Even though they were a great tag team as wrestlers, their reign wasn't really special, was no, it? No, it was awful. Actually, <laughs> it, there was nothing special about okay. it. Okay. What about the Nasty Boys? <laughs> Stop. Steiners? Uh, no. Quebecers? I like the Quebecers. But I do. I, I they're don't, not the best. They're not anywhere close. <laughs> not even Honestly, on any I level. really think it would have to be represented by that collection of the, those three. Those, the, the later Attitude Era teams. The, the, tri, the, the trifecta. <laughs> well, to be fair, the Dudleys were the team that squashed the Outlaws yeah. in, in 2000 yeah. and finally slammed the door on <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. Badass Billy Gunn, he's riding the pin, and there's a 3D! They got him! A deadly death drop! Wait a minute! Well, this, this is gonna be... Oh, we've got new tag team champions! The damn Dudleys are the new tag champions! I guess you gotta eat your, your black hat now, don't you, JR? I mean, I really am a big fan of the Dudley boys. I can see your point of view. But I would yeah. really push harder for Edge and Christian if we're talking tag champs. I really would. Mm. I think they're a better tag team championship contender here, you know. But there's also the Hardy Boys, too, because the Hardy yeah. Boys were like a consummate team. They were always a team. That's true. You know, so <sighs> it, that one's tough. And those are the go- those three guys are like, to me, the three that the only ones that would really have a chance here. <sighs> if I'm looking. No, I mean, I mean, we're definitely not considering like Jarrah show or anything like. <laughs> mm, don't even say that, or La Resistance or anything, yeah, yeah. or any of these thrown together teams like Edge and Hogan, all that crap. Mm-hmm. Like, no freaking way. The Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys, I think, are all in contendership. If we're not talking, the Rock and Sock weren't good tag champions, right? Like, they can't qualify. I mean, they were memorable and they were multi-time. Uh, you know who technically had the most reigns? Who? The Dudley Boys. <sighs> Uh, I don't... Okay. <laughs> Ever. We like, have to... All right, we have the three. We have the, the, the TLC guys, right? We have the tables, the ladders, and the chairs in yeah. contendership here, basically. And I think it's only fair that one of them goes in. I think one of them should be on. I, yeah, I don't know who else you would really consider. I don't know. But someone might be saying, like, freaking, you know, Tony Gurria and Rick Martell, <laughs> but they're wrong, whoever they are. So... <laughs> yeah, no way. Never. Or the Valiants or something. Get but, like, really? No. Or uh, Putski and Santana. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no <laughs> way, no that's way. That's not what we're, no, that's, they're not. Ah, God, all right. I, I mean, would, there are some people that probably would argue for Rock and Sock. I could see it. Like, I could see it, but they didn't need the tag titles. No, but again, it, to me, Rock and Sock was a big moment as far as, like, television. People, it was? It, people loved it. But I don't know that whether or not they had the tag titles, I don't think it would have made one hell, hell of a difference no. in either direction. Yeah. For the titles or for them. Yeah. They didn't really help the titles, and the titles didn't help them. It was just incidental. But whereas with Edge Christian, you know, the Hardys and the Dudleys, Quinn, Mm -hmm. they made the tag titles seem important in 2000. Yeah. Their epic battles for those titles, the two TLC matches, all the other crap that they had going on, they were really some of the best tag wrestling that the WWF had had. Right. In years. Like, like years. Yeah, a really, really long time. The best tag division that there was in, what, 10, 15 years? Yeah. 
I think we're discounting the Hardys a lot because we keep thinking of Edge and Christian and the Dudleys, but the Hardys were like so over. They were over. They were innovative. They were the ones bringing the high flying moves to the feud and all the ladder spots and everything. Yeah. But then again, Edge and Christian were probably the overall better team in terms of personality. They were the balanced. And they were better wrestlers. They were the too. balanced team. Yeah, they were better wrestlers. Yeah. than the Hardys, either of them. Right. To be fair, but the Dudleys. They brought the ECW side of things and to they it. Were, they were also, to me, of the three teams, they were actually the most established. Yes, because like, they were already a team. For a long, long time. Coming in, yeah. and they made a name for themselves by powerbombing everybody through tables. Yeah. So the right, du- Like, literally. I'm actually, to be honest with you, yes. I, I still can't see the Dudleys not being the one. Because the Dudleys went on, whereas the other two... They yeah. split up kind of after this. The Dudleys always remained together. For a longer time anyway, yeah. right? In WWF, they were never separate. Other than that one time where like Devon was a preacher or yes, something. Yes, exactly. And he had like Batista. Deacon yeah. Batista. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. But that was like way, way after the fact. Right. The Dudleys were together during like the their, most of their entire run. Well, let me ask you this. When they came in in late 99, was that not a big deal? Yeah, it was awesome. That was a huge deal. It was a big, big push for the tag division. Like, it, it helped so much. And as we said earlier, they are the ones in February of 2000, I think it was, that slammed the door on the New Age Outlaws. They ended an era and began a new one. I'll go Dudleys, Quinn. Yeah. I'm okay with it. The Dudleys, yeah. I, I can't put the Dudleys below the other two. Okay. You know what? In the same way that Demolition is like the 80s, you know, attack you power tag team yeah. and the heart foundation is more of like the the, the consummate like more underdog wrestler gritty Teamwork. tag team right yeah and the outlaws represent the first part of the attitude era because i always divide it pre and post russo yeah post russo with the chris kresge era in 2000 yeah, yeah, and the chris kresge no but yeah, like yeah. when storylines really made sense yeah. and, and everything was really tight in wrestling terms mm-hmm. that's the other half of it so the outlaws are like the first couple years the dudleys represent the second part of it yes I think it's fair. Let's put them in. Yeah, let's do it. For number four, the Dudley Boys. Welcome to Mount Rushmore. Well, you know we have to recap for Donnie. (laughs) So we have Demolition, the Heart Foundation, the New Age Outlaws, and the Dudley Boys. That is our Mount Rushmore of WWF tag team champions uh from our vantage point if yes. you will and of course we want to know yours so please feel free to argue or agree with us whatever you'd like yeah of course but quinn since you got to pick the first of the best i get to start with one of the worst and i have a really good one for you and what's that <laughs> i don't know if you're gonna like this one yeah i think you're gonna well you might Shawn michaels and diesel in 94 eh, that I... was stupid they didn't defend the titles ever how are they good tag champions listen Oh, here we go. There is a lot of bad tag teams. God forbid Shawn Michaels makes a death No, no, no. Rally. That's not even the thing. Is that <laughs> this... People liked that super team. Like, that was cool. Wasn't the only reason they won them is so they can get the belts off the head shrinkers? You're I talking mean, about honestly. that one situation, but then they also got together again. If they had never gotten together after that, then maybe. But. Oh, the 95 thing where they, like, pinned the wrong guy or something <laughs> when they pinned Owen? <laughs> no, they, they did the right thing. They were supposed, It didn't matter who they pinned. They would win the tag No, titles. remember, like, Owen was late because he was at the hospital oh, with right, his baby, right. and then he came in, and they pinned him, but he wasn't in the match because Bulldog was the tag champion for one night. 
Technically. Cornette's like, oh, motherfucker, no, it doesn't count. Gorilla's like, oh, you're right. Jim Cornette, armed with a contractual loophole and legal representation, forced the interim WWF president, Gorilla Monsoon, to strip the titles from Diesel and Michaels and once again proclaim Yokozuna and Owen Hart the WWF Tag Team Champions. The point is, is that that tag team wasn't bad. It was just, they were just using it as a, to build the feud between those See, two. See, that's crappy. That, to me, is why they're bad tag team champions. Because <sighs> you think of the good ones, it was like, yeah, we're tag champions. We like each other. We're here to take on the division. Let's table that for okay, a second. Okay, all right. Because when we have shit like Cade and Murdoch to talk <laughs> oh, about... Oh, God, no! <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it about them right now. And that's retro enough. Well, uh, apparently, I guess... W- well, this uh, is in the first, you know, or not the first, but the, the original tag yeah, title. Yeah, 07. And... The thing is, is I know that people are confused as to what is retro. Yeah. It's whatever the hell we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about yeah. makes sense to be retro. Okay. Yeah. Old. It's older. This is 10 years ago. Yeah. I would call it retro. Why did they do K? I liked actually Trevor Murdoch, though. <laughs> yeah, I know you did. His Larry the Cable Guy like <laughs> hat or whatever he had. Yeah. He was fun. I don't know. That team sucked. Are though. they worse than the Body Donnas as tag Maybe. champions? Are they worse than Ric Flair and Roddy Piper's old men? That was horrible. That was horrible. <laughs> that was when Piper looked like he was pregnant. Like, like no you, offense. Like all I'm saying is, you want to like talk like about Sean and Diesel when there's like shit like that to talk about. Okay, like, all right. Like, Can I give you one? Actually, this is this is sure. bad. Strike Force. Why? <laughs> eh, I eh, I don't know. I know a lot of people don't like it. It wasn't good, but it wasn't awful either i could see why they would be like appealing i just thought they you know the idea of these like fast guys and it's tito santana i mean it's not like and rick martell i know it's not two jabronis but like the tag title reign i don't know i was never a big fan of it natural disasters I never liked that. It was weird, I, wasn't it? I was it? just like, look at these big fat guys. <laughs> and I, and and I, I like, like Earthquake. Yeah, I like Earthquake too, but uh, the Shockmaster, really? <laughs> like, Tugboat? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Quebecers are okay. Men Not La Resistance, though. Oh, and no. And which version? <laughs> of La Re- oh, because they had the Rob Conway version too, right? Yeah. Well, I know another team, Quinn, that had the tag titles, and I don't like that they did. <laughs> Even though it's two, well, one good wrestler yeah. and one not as good wrestler, Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart. Jeff Jarrett and Remember Owen that Hart. from yeah. 99? I didn't find them to be bad. You really thought that was it bad? It just rubbed me the wrong way. Why? I can't describe why. I felt like Owen deserved better than that. I thought, <laughs> well, they were a pretty cohesive unit at the time from what I remember of it. Were I, they? Yeah, I just, I felt they were an effective tag team. I, I wouldn't say they're like the worst. Honestly, it's funny. A lot of the later teams are bad. Billy and Chuck? Billy and Chuck. Well, 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 what do we have here? Bunch of WWF divas? Right. Haven't you guys heard of knocking low? Yeah. Please, Tori Wilson. It's not like we're interested in you. <laughs> what about the Spirit Squad? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Death Valley. Yeah. Get out of here. Okay. Spirit Squad. All I have to say, folks, annoying male cheerleaders that literally no one, it was and this the, horrible idea. And there was five of them. And there was five of them, and they were the tag champions. It's, and it, it's like the Freebird rule on acid. Yeah. Like, it's, it's awful. <laughs> you know what? Die, die, die? Yeah, get it? No. All right, so the Spirit Squad for number one. Die, die, die. I can't argue that one bit. That was dumb. What the hell is this? Five, six, seven, eight. S-P-I-R-I-T. Spirit Squad. I 
would and I would really argue La, Res- La Resistance because they were tag champs like a thousand times, in, like in different combinations too. Conway and Grenier and Dupree and Grenier, yeah, right? Exactly. I don't know. Were they that bad though? They were kind of like an updated Quebecers, kind of, but they sucked. Hurricane and Rosie, thoughts? Um, not great. <laughs> uh, I mean, they were lovable. I mean, like, what about Eugene and William Regal? That was stupid. But also, it was funny. So there's, yeah, like, I know. Oh, where, I got one. Where does this? Okay, wait a sec. Yeah, I know we didn't want to put like criteria or whatever, but there's a lot of these teams as we get later on that are thrown like, together. They're th- they're either thrown together or they're together for some comedy reason, like right. Regal and Tajiri, for example. Yeah, like, right. Here's one that I didn't like, and this is not a comedy team. I'm going to explain why, Quinn, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell you who it is. This is a case of the WWF putting the tag titles on some guys that are both big single stars simply because it seems like they have no other ideas. Like, there should be no reason to do this. And yeah. one of them was the world champion at the time. And I'm talking about John Cena and Shawn <laughs> Michaels as tag team champions while John Cena is the world champion. While they were feuding, too. And they're feuding. And they fought at WrestleMania yeah. as tag champs. There is, yeah, there is literally no reason for them to be the tag team champions yeah. during that period of time. I have weird ah! thoughts, and it's not its not even a Shawn Michaels thing. Go ahead. It's just I remember when they won them, it was actually, like, really exciting. Well, because like, they beat Rated RKO, I think. Yeah, and I remember that being a big thing. Like, I... I can't say their win wasn't, like, something people got excited for. <sighs> Can we put Jericho on? Yes. Like, Just, Jericho is stupid. The name is stupid. The team is stupid. Why did they win the tag titles? Wait, there was no need wait, for that. Okay, wait a second. What? I, you know, you can say stuff like that, but, like, there's also, like, Ted DiBiase Jr. and Cody, Cody Rhodes. Rhodes. There's also Show Miz. <laughs> Show Miz. What about when Triple H and Sean won them for no reason in, like, 09? Well, they were DX, though. In 09! <laughs> I know, but that's... that's Come on! That's fair. Shawn Michaels is not making this list ever, folks. Shawn Michaels <laughs> will never be in Death Valley. <laughs> Quinn's always gonna find a way to just be like, no, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, but it's DX, man! Like In 09! <laughs> Sean was like 45. I took physics. Okay, and you want to know what? I took physics without ever having to pass algebra, mister. So, I happen to know for a fact that D-Generation X has got a mathematical probability of walking out of Survivor Series with the WWE Championship. I don't know. Why is that okay? What about the colognes? Carlito and Primo. There's so much worse shit. Quinn, why is Punk and Kingston the tag team champions? Quinn, at like, least these are guys that can realistically and should be tag champions in the tag division. Why does John Cena need to be the tag champion with Shawn Michaels? Why does Shawn Michaels, after like 1995, ever need to be the we tag champion? We need to champion? make some kind of rule about super teams before we go forward. Yeah, they we're all just going to keep running into this. Yeah, because- they suck and they shouldn't never be in there. That's my rule. Should they not even be up for consideration? I don't know. They just suck. <laughs> I found one. Okay, I found one that might what? win. Right to censor? No. Chief Morley and Lance Storm. You know what? <laughs> like That makes me so like, mad, but I don't know. You enough. don't even need to know much about it. It was The title was vacated, and Morley awarded himself and Storm the titles. 
Die, die, die. Exactly. Just because. Yeah. Like, enough. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> enough with that era where, like, everyone is the tag champion. Yeah, because, so Chief Morley was Val Venus, remember, yes. if you recall. And Landstorm and he was, thinks he's better than he and, is. And and he was somehow, like, some kind of GM. It involves, like, GM nonsense. I like, know. Yeah, so fuck that. All right, it's in for yeah. number two. You know what I really don't like, though? Yeah. <laughs> is some of this crap from the earlier era. Like, Gorilla and Martell. Look, I know people <laughs> fondly remember them. <laughs> Quinn and I have watched a lot of Gurria and Martell recently. <laughs> they suck. They suck. Yeah. Sailor tattoos, <laughs> Tony Gurria, <laughs> everything, no knee, no knee pads, no <laughs> knee pads to be seen on this tag team. Right. And everything is a flying body press and a drop <laughs> kick. It's just, just reeks of an era where no one cared. <laughs> but... Is it worse than, like, say, um, the right to censor, like you said before? No, it's not. <laughs> That's my problem, is, like, I understand that, like, pre, like, I don't know, like, 85, that the tag titles were kind of whatever. Yes. But, like, some of the shit they threw together after the boom period, the, the last boom period, yeah. was awful. That right to censor team consists of Bull Buchanan and the Good Father. Not the Godfather. The fact that you have to say the Good Father is a problem. Yeah. To begin with, yes. although I don't mind Bull Buchanan, I'm not going to lie. And they beat the Hardy Boys. I know the Hardy Boys. It's not good. I agree with you. But is it worse? Again, I say than the Body Donnas. Yeah, the Body Donnas. Now look, we like Chris Candido. Yeah. We like Tom Pritchard. Mm-hmm. But do we like them together in 1996? <laughs> Does anyone? Now, be, you have to take into consideration there's two teams there. The the Godwins are the other ones. They only had them briefly whenever they did, though. Yeah, but they were their main foil. And the guns became. If I recall, Skip and Zip won a tournament in the, at the, the finals at WrestleMania 12. Yes, they 12 did. The finals were at WrestleMania 12. In like, the pre-show. In the pre-show. <laughs> yeah. The finals for this tournament. <laughs> for the prestigious tag team titles. This is why Bulldog and Owen later on in 96 had to come in and save the tag division. Right. Because of shit like this. Because of shit like this. And there you see Cloudy, the new manager of the Body Donnas. I know Cloudy has really brought a change of attitude along with the Body Donnas. They're happy to be uh, enjoying the fans now. You see Cloudy there. Very interesting character, I guess we could say. How about new? But again, when you say like La Resistance, you know? Yeah. You, the names of La Resistance. Yeah. What about Hurricane? The Hurricane and Kane. Oh. See, that's what I mean. This era is such crap. The na- like barring, post, post attitude. Barring, okay, barring the names aside, yes. we need to judge them by like were these bad teams? Well, I would say that like, to be fair, we're we're totally fair in putting the Spirit Squad in there. Oh, they I sucked. Mean, that, yeah, that, that was just bad. That was right. So that I have no misgivings about. And 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 Morley and Storm, fine. They were bad too, right? Like yeah. who gave a shit? That, that's <laughs> like the thing, right? Exactly. Like they were only champions allegedly because Regal got hurt. Now, what about? I think you mentioned them much earlier. The Hart Dynasty. Yes, Tyson Kid and DH. So Smith. they were the final. Of the original tag titles. Right. The original lineal from like Luke Graham and all that shit. They were unified by, um, I believe, the Colognes or something. D.H. Smith sucked. No <laughs> offense to like the British Bulldog, his dad, but yeah. D.H. Smith was not very good. I don't have a problem with Tyson He's Kidd, good. though. He's fine. All right, fine. Yeah. I really think Sean and, and Triple H should not have been the tag champions. I cannot believe you're okay with that. Well, okay. Let's just put it into context right. here. Who did they beat? And you know who they beat? Who did they beat? Would be Jericho. Also bad. 
Right, but I'm saying like what the thinking I'm assuming was that oh Jericho are so unstoppable that only like another super God, team could stop them. I don't like the see, here's the thing. What makes a good tag team ergo what makes a good tag team champion team right. is a good tag team. Two tag wrestlers teaming up to dominate the division. Yeah. Not two established singles guys that they have nothing else to do yeah. with, so they put them together. <laughs> Well, you know, you're going to love this. Guess guess who beat Sean and Triple H for the titles? Who? Showmiz. This is what I mean. <laughs> Another exactly big show combination. I mean. It's all going in at this point. <laughs> I know we we've we've joked about this before, but before we get like too bogged down with like all these weird big show combinations, yes. should we just be like anything with big show? Yeah, cuz he also had it with the Undertaker in 99. Yeah. And that the, was dumb, by too. By the time the titles were over, Big Show individually had five reigns. Okay, so you know what's going in? With, like, all these people. Anything with Big Show for number three. Yeah. Because he never needs to be a tag champion. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. He's he, in. I agree. Anything with Big yeah. Show for number three. Die, die, die. The thing that, the reason with Sean and Triple H, I can't in good conscience put them in. Because you love Shawn Michaels well, so much. not only just that. But the fact that, like, that DX was selling merch, it wasn't, like, not over. Blah, blah. Who are you? No, no, no. Brian Alvarez? Wait, wait, wait. It's not even just that. It's that look at the junk on this list. If you're really going to... The Big Show stuff, I can accept. Mm. But, like, Sean and Triple H, like, who are, like, some of the most over people in the company, like, really? Why like, can't they just be over, not as the tag champions, and just wrestle singles matches? I'm just saying. I'm That's just, my problem. I'm just saying. Folks, we want to know your thoughts. What do you think of super teams? Let us know, because I don't like them. <laughs> the only one I like, Marty Howell, is the Mega Powers, and guess what they never won? The tag time. You know why? Because they didn't need them. <laughs> okay. It's true. So, let's go back a little it's bit. It's damn true. Let's go back a little bit. Go ahead. What about Cade and Murdoch, for real? I like them. I, I, you, don't have, not, you don't have a problem with it them? It reminds me of a very bad era, but <laughs> as a team, I don't mind them. Okay. They were okay. And La Resistance. I think those are the big two that are like sticking in my brain. Because they are indicative of a sucky era, yeah, right? They're like, Is that why? They're really shitty. So like they're the New Age Outlaws in reverse. It's like yeah. if the Outlaws represented the Attitude Era or Demolition represents the Golden Era, this yeah. represents a period of time when a lot of people didn't want to watch. Right. And there's two versions of this crap and they like they're persistent. They're like littered all over this era. I know. And that's another thing indicative of that period of time is that people just constantly traded the tag titles back and forth all the yeah. time. Just constantly changing Honestly, hands. Yeah, it's insane. They really suck, Joe. Body Donna's though. Yeah, I know Body Donna's. Body that- Donna's. Mm. Mm. Sean and Diesel? Billy no. and Chuck. Billy and Chuck it was like a gimmick tag team in a sense. Here, here's a funny one I didn't even really know existed. Rico and Rakishi. That's stupid. It's not like <laughs> bad enough, I don't think, but it's stupid. But they beat Billy and Chuck. Good. Here's the problem. <laughs> we could pick on 2000, you know, three to 2007, eight right. all day long, right? And we mm-hmm. already have with anything with Big Show and all that stuff and the Spirit Squad. But like, if you really think about it, wouldn't a bad tag team that had the titles for a longer period of time be up for consideration Well, versus I mean, a worse one that maybe had it for a short okay, burst. You say, first of all, just as an example, you say that th- some of those teams didn't have the titles long. Yeah. La Resistance combined, for example, had it a million times. The Spirit Squad, who we did put on the list, yeah. they had it for like 219 days. They were champions forever. Are you serious? Yeah, like they they were like it was really long. Wait, you're serious? Yeah, I lo- it was on. I I saw it on the list. Yeah, 
219 days. Okay, so you know what? Or 16 days. I apologize. I'm off a couple days. But 216 like, days. 216 days. I don't know. The Strike Force had them for a long time, and they sucked. Yeah. What do you think of the Dream Team? Eh, I'm like indifferent to them. They're not really a dream team at all. Beefcake and Valentine? <laughs> yeah. I know they're not. I don't know whose dream that was. Yeah, that's more like a nightmare. <laughs> and uh, nothing from before, like the the Golden Era. Like Gorilla Martel, I don't like. Yeah. Moondogs, whatever. Samoans are <laughs> and, fine. And you're, you're just going to just accept Ric Flair and Piper as old men. No. Like, they're going on. You know who they beat, by the way? Edge and Christian. I no. mean, uh, Edge and Randy Orton. No, the Spirit Squad. Really? Yeah. Can we put... Okay, look. <laughs> Listen, I know... That's an abomination. That's a whole sordid mess. Yeah, you know what? I know our heart goes out to Ric Flair and the stuff that's been going on with him lately, and I know, you know, Piper's been been gone for a bit, but the two of them <laughs> winning the tag titles. And guess how this match happened? Just tell me. How they won. Piper was voted into this match via a web poll. <laughs> die, die, die. Yeah. Because... How old were they? And this is 2006, Joe. Uh, Piper would have been 52, Flair 56, 57. And how old are all the Spirit Squad people? Like, Dolph Ziggler's in that, and he's like 20 or yeah, something. Yeah, they were like, they're our age, pretty yeah. much. You know yeah. what I mean? Give or take. Yeah. So they were they're really young. Age now. Yes, <laughs> that's what I mean. Or a little older. But yeah. I would have to say, the reason I think we put that in is because, A, it's a super team. It's not believable. Two, it's not believable. They're old as shit. Piper looked pregnant. <laughs> Piper for pregnancy, okay? And Flair was just with his wrinkled ass joining the California Raisins over there. <laughs> that's why it's in. So, folks, that's our Death Valley of the tag teams. And look, this is subjective. Did yeah. you know that, Quinn? Yeah. We're not... Oh, really? Our aspirations, folks, <laughs> are not to be the next Dave Meltzer yeah. and provide you with scintillating journalism. Yeah. We are simply here to give our opinion. We want to hear yours as well. So you can, of course, tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You can reach us on our Facebook group. Join the fun there. Or as Quinn says, the shenanigans. And let us know what you think. If you have any arguments or disagreements, or if you do agree with us, we'd love to hear from you. Quinn, we have something very exciting to review. Yes, we do. It's very, very exciting. And I can hear it coming because it is a very loud stampede. On uh, its way. Ho ho! <laughs> Hear it? We will be back <laughs> right after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. It's twice the mayhem with new WWF tag team players. Max the Rocker, Shawn Michaels, and Marty Janetti against Smash and Crush of Demolition. Hey, it's a double team! What a pressure! Oh, what a smash! It's time to run! <laughs> and roll! Yeah! Look out, Demolition, it's the Bushwhackers, Luke and Butch! Hey, kids! Nobody stands up to the Dollar Out Blaster! Oh, the Thunder from Down Under! The Bushwhackers win! Yeah! WWF Tag Team figures so close to the real thing, it's like being in the ring! Wow. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Quinn, we are freaking reviewing something. Yeah. <laughs> this is something we haven't touched yet. Uh, and uh, um, I, I wish we hadn't yeah. <laughs> after watching this. Yeah. This is, folks... <sighs> Stampede Wrestling from June 22nd, <laughs> 1979. Now, <laughs> this is our first 70s thing I think we've in done. A long, no, nah, we did. Our first ever review was, was WWF from 78. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. We haven't touched the 70s in a while. Now, the 70s in wrestling is... Uh, 
a dark period. An acquired taste, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Dark uh-huh. Period is right. But Stampede Wrestling is an interesting one. We haven't done this yet, and some background on it from those of you that might not be familiar. It was owned and promoted by Stu Hart. Hello, Tiger. <laughs> the patriarch of the Hart family in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And as JR would always remind us back in those beginning of the WWF DVDs, <laughs> you're Stu Hart in uh, Western Canada and Montana. Yep. So, <laughs> Which they remind us, too, in this show. Yes, they do. Now, this got started, Quinn, in 1948. Good Lord. Stampede. Like, right after World War II. What was, like, Ed Strangler Lewis and Farmer Burns, the headliners? <laughs> yeah, Tootsmont was there. Yeah. And they were actually an NWA affiliate until the early 80s, 82-ish. So they're still in the NWA at this point. Right. NWA was obviously the, like, board of wrestling, essentially, yeah. you know, the governing body. It's like how in Japan the IWGP yes. is, like, the governing body of New yes. Japan. So, <laughs> this was essentially an NWA territory, the Canadian territory, you right. know, in Western Canada, anyway, for the NWA. And, and Vince, Vince McMahon bought out Stampede in 1984, and as part of the deal, that's why we got Bret Hart. And, you know, British, British Bulldogs, Bulldogs Jim Neidhart. Dynamite Kid. Yeah, exactly. And then... He sold it back to the Hart family in 1985, and it operated until December of 89. Right. And Bruce Hart ran it into the ground. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, who did he have to work with? Because Vince basically kept all the wrestlers he wanted to buy. That's true. He essentially bought the promotion for the wrestlers. Yes. And knowing the financial background of the Hearts, yes. I'm sure he bought it for a couple of pennies or Canadian pennies or... <laughs> Something I don't know what the exchange rate was, yeah. was on that, but we are right now in 1979. So, Quinn, this is, well, I'd say it's before our comfort zone when it comes to professional wrestling. Yeah, I would say so. And we get these interesting opening title card graphics that we both kind of liked. They were awesome. This is the only part where, like, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's good. That's, like, good looking. Yeah, it was like these, like, it looked hand-drawn, but it wasn't. It was, like, pictures that were colored. And, I like, would say if Brett's a cartoonist that he probably drew those. I don't think so. <laughs> Do you think? Well, you know, my dad asked me, you know, I yeah. used to sell the programs when I was 13. The promoter was Stu Hart, by the way. It said that on the title card. <laughs> yeah, it tells us. And the announcer is... Ed Whalen. Ed Whalen. Yes. I like him, actually. So we get a cold open to a match that's going on in progress while Ed Whalen, like, reads a poem or something that was really strange. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to add some class to this show or something. Yeah. May I begin proceedings poetically? <clears throat> I have searched the whole world over and there's no one who can ravage the English language half to death like a guy named Duke the Savage. <laughs> And if you're not familiar with Ed Whalen, and I've heard him before, he is very idiosyncratic, very quirky, very funny. Like yeah, he's, he's lovable. Okay. I, I mean, he's, he's like a he's doofus. Not great, but no, he's not. He's not great, but he's like a doofy, like fun announcer kind and of. I will say this: you say cold open, all the matches are joined in progress. That is true. And this particular match that's joined in progress is Bruce Hart. <sighs> Versus Duke Savage, who I had never heard of. No relation to Randy Savage. <laughs> or Duke the Dumpster. Yeah. Bruce Hart uh, sucks, as yeah. always. He just, I don't get it with this guy. I don't, I feel like he's just nepotism. That's all I he think is. so. Like, I mean, Brett, he's awful. Brett and Owen definitely had talent. Yeah. I don't know about Keith. He's okay. He's like a hot tag guy. <laughs> like That's basically what I think of him as. But Bruce, ugh. and the ref looks like Marv from Home Alone, <laughs> Daniel Stern. Harry, I've reached the top! 
quite literally. He looks like Marv. Yeah. I'm not making that and up. That's Sandy Scott, right? That's Sandy Scott. Which I've that's heard right. of him. Yes, I have too. I don't know why, but I think he was just a longtime ref. Yeah. Now the ropes, Quinn, are ridiculously big and like wide. Like they were yeah. weird. Like there's white like. I've seen ropes. footage from this before, so I wasn't like too taken aback. But it is like very like thick. They're thick. Yeah, the ropes are weird. This match sucks. In fact, Quinn, you said it's terrible. It was awful. It is and like he, it's so boring. It's really boring. It's <laughs> funny because I don't think we have a lot of notes on this match simply because like you and me didn't know we didn't like, know what to what, make of this. It was so boring. Like for example, Bruce Hart with a leg drop. For a one count. It's that type of crap. Yeah. It's just like they're rolling around. Duke Savage, by the way, looks like he belongs in a Motorhead cover band. Yeah. He's your typical, like, long black hair, slob wrestler. Mustache, just big slob. Looks like Mick Foley, kind of. Kind of. It looks like Mick Foley's dad or something. Yeah, like a Cactus Jack style. Kind of. Apparently, Ed Whalen tells us we are joined in progress at the 10 minute mark. Yeah. And I'm like, no wonder everyone's (laughs) bored. How the hell did they make it? 10 minutes it looks like they just started but they keep saying like there's matches where they'll be like we're at the 25 minute mark yeah, and how? like what what was this taping <laughs> session like how long was it like six hours right so they do some like leg wrestling crap for a while it's <laughs> not good and Quinn you asked me why do they always say Stampede was so yeah, good I don't get it now because I'm watching this this is awful and I always joke I don't think it's a joke with this one. Like, I was joking. Is this the worst thing we've reviewed? This might be. This was shit. This like w- this is like bottom of the barrel. This like, is really bad. This is the definition of like people rolling around, yeah. boring wrestling. It really is. And yeah. I know some people, I guess, like that. But I'll tell you what, this crowd doesn't seem to. No, their the crowd, own crowd. Their crowd is bored to tears. So it's not like it's us, you know, all these years later being like, oh, this stinks. Yeah, yeah. their own audience. In right. 1979, sitting there is bored. Yes. There's no crowd reaction. Right. Everyone's like, just like, mm, 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 mm. that's what the crowd there's sounds people like. People like smoking cigars. Walking like, around yeah. in the back. There's people making deals. <laughs> yeah, like, you we'll can see clearly that later. see yes. people like talking <laughs> yes. and like, exchanging things. <laughs> Business cards. Yeah. The ref's wearing jeans, Quinn. Thoughts? Unprofessional. Right. Because um, he's got the Foot Locker shirt. Foot Locker shirt, just, you know, blue jeans. Marv, beard, then, and, and fro. But then again, I mean, it is Stampede, right? And if we've seen the Stampede pay-per-view, I guess it's like the Wild West yeah, out there is. or something. It's, it's like, the Texas of Canada, yeah, I okay. think, basically. So, I get it. From I what guess. I understand about Alberta, yeah. we can ask Scott Keith when he's in his backyard next time. Yeah. I wonder if uh, Larry Zbysko will wander <laughs> yeah, into Scott's backyard. <laughs> but you couldn't see into his backyard. There was this gigantic row of hedges. Well, if he's back there, you know, it's the Wild West over there. I guess yeah. you got to, like, loop cows or something. Yes, like, I don't that's know right. what, what Lasso. You, lasso. There that's you go. what I meant. Lasso. I know you did. Yeah. No, Bruce gets a power drop, Quinn. Um, <laughs> A.K.A. a body slam? Yes, and then a backbreaker. You mean an atomic drop? Yes, because Ed Whalen does not give a shit. Oh, man, he power dropped him. Oh, the big backbreaker. I get. Yeah. Was he drunk all the time? I, Is he one of those announcers? He looks drunk, like Gordon Soule. He was always drunk. You like know, he's like a clean drunk. You know, like yes. like he can portray himself as right. like normal, but a functioning alcoholic. Yeah, let's exactly, say. exactly. <laughs> uh, we're not like we can't get sued for like libel, can we? <laughs> or slander by Ed Whalen? Is he even alive? <laughs> like after this match, I don't know. This is seventy nine. <laughs> this blows. Yeah. <laughs> like like I said, the fans are silent. Bruce with an exciting side headlock. The 10-minute mark. 
And then Duke with a back suit play to escape, and then a stomp, and then he falls over after stomping him, like yes. not on purpose. He, co- he does like he comes off the ropes to stomp him, and he almost like falls on his ass. Yeah, and like three people are like, yeah, sarcastically, you know. Yeah. Well, it's time for the savage. So Savage throws, not Randy Savage, Duke Savage <laughs> throws Bruce out of the ring and the crowd boos. Yeah, I think they're booing the match quality. Seriously. Yeah. Folks, I know that we don't have much to say here. That's because this was terrible. Yeah. So Bruce gets rammed into the ring post and he wins by DQ. I don't know. This sucked. <laughs> sucked feet. It was awful. So Ed Whalen in his very festive shirt. Yeah, that was kind of funny. It was like a red checkered shirt, but it was like it had a weird pattern on it. And I I said to you, if a man could look homely, it'd be Ed Whalen. Absolutely right. So he's in there interviewing Duke, and Duke sounds horrible, but he's he's kind of funny. He's like he's like I like making a good living doing wrestling, and he's also mad that Stu Hat, as he yeah. keeps saying, Stu Hat, yeah, broke his jaw when Stu Hat stealthily attacked in the most despicable attack in wrestling history. He almost kind of sounds like Harvey Firestein. Yeah, he's like, my mother. I gotta call my mother. Yeah. Stu Hat, you broke my jaw. Oh my God. Oh my God, I gotta call my brother. I better call my housekeeper. I gotta call my lawyer. Ah, forget my lawyer. He doesn't like Stu Hat. That's no. the whole point he of this hates promo. Stu Hat. He does not like Stu Hat. People are just walking around in the background, like out the door, yeah. which you can see. You can see the door in the background, yeah. and people are leaving. And on another note, may I ask you, why are we having a Stu Hart feud in 1979? <laughs> Isn't he like 65 or something? <laughs> Maybe. Like, yeah, I think you're right. What the hell? <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> so our next match, joined in progress, of course, is Don Gagne. Yeah. No relation to Vern or Greg versus Gilbert Gallant. Mm-hmm. Who the hell care? Who are these people? I, I... Wayne Hart is the ref, and he's got the proper footlocker attire on Quinn. No jeans. Yeah, well, he is part of the family. I, I don't think he would, you know, he wouldn't disgrace the, yeah. the referee, right? Because yeah, he's exactly. Wayne Hart. Yeah, some wrestling to start, you Ooh. know, <laughs> wow. hammerlocks, arm drags, that kind of wrestling. Yeah. Ed Whalen, out of nowhere. Oh, I forgot to tell you, this is one fall with a 45-minute time limit. Yeah, better not go 45 minutes. <laughs> and also, fans, remember <laughs> that they said this. Just 45-minute time just limit. Just remember that. Just remember that. About three minutes into this, we realize it took us this long yeah. that Don Gagne, and maybe you knew this, so forgive us. Yeah is Frenchie Martin, Quinn. Yep, very much Frenchie Martin. Absolutely Frenchie Martin. 100% (laughs) Frenchie Martin. No doubt about it, this is Frenchie Martin. Now, we couldn't tell the difference between the two guys' names. We (laughs) had problems with that. Gagne, Gallant. Yeah. Some guy in the crowd says, come on, Gagne, pull his arm off. Right. This This, is terrible. Yeah, it's awful. Like, literally, it's just laying around doing arm pulling. I'm serious. Yeah, it's more like pulling teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Rim shot for you. Gallant comes back with an arm pull of his own. This sucks. It's awful. <laughs> this is the worst wrestling. It like, Folks, it's so bad. Just watch it and you will see what I mean. I mean it. Like, it's on YouTube. I'm not saying where. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah, it's, it's just, on the internet. We just looked up, like, Stampede, <laughs> Stampede. Wrestling. And we like, picked this one. But literally, this match is minutes of them pulling each other's arms on the mat. Awful. It's just awful. terrible. Whalen says, by the way, if you're watching this in Montana, read the newspaper for more info <laughs> yeah. or something. It's like, what? we're talking about the newspaper now? Like, <laughs> and that's, Montana? 
I, I feel like I'm watching paint dry. <laughs> and then they want me to read the newspaper. It's probably more exciting. And then he says Gallant's been doing the pitching and Gagne the catching. Great. This is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever watched, Joe. The worst thing. This is horrible. You can study an exam while watching this and get an A. Like, it's bad. It's like a library in it's there. A fucking library. Like, it's the worst thing. It's not entertaining. I can't believe that an entertainment company would look at this and buy it. And it's no wonder that they sold it back. Because they just wanted the only people that mattered in it. So they were like, well, this sucks, but these good people work here, so let's just get them and sell it back. Because it's worth a freaking, like, penny or whatever, because Stu Hart lives in a shack. So, whatever. <laughs> More arm drags and arm bars, and this is where we saw, like, there's people exchanging, like, numbers in the background. <laughs> like, a guy and a girl are, like, giving each other numbers. There's deals going yeah, on. Or, like, it, it looks shady back there. They're setting up dates. I don't yeah. know what's going on. And then... Gallant and Gagne literally just walk around the ring for 90 seconds. It's like, true. Literally. And I, got, and I said to you, is this what Stu Hart really thought was good? No wonder they were poor. <laughs> really? The crowd is not even into this. Yeah. You have to understand. The crowd. The crowd that paid to be in this uh, barn. What, where it are looks we? like a barn. Civic yeah. Center. Yeah, it looks like someone's barn. Auditorium, yeah. whatever it is. People paid. To walk into this and watch people walk around the ring and pull each other's arms. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a theory here. Wild theory. Go ahead. They served alcohol. <laughs> and, you can smoke in there, and you can smoke in there, and that's basically it. People and, are just sitting, drinking, smoking, and there's just live entertainment. That entertainment in quotes. And what else is there to do in Calgary anyway? Right. Except yeah. go there at and night, see Grandpa least, yeah. Stu, you yeah. know, and his wrestlers. Yeah, exactly. A so anyway, <laughs> Gagne bails out of the ring, probably to wake himself up. Then we just fade to commercial. And <laughs> yeah, when, this we, is amazing. when we come back, there's a totally different match going on in the ring. It's Bret Hart in his like red like swim speedo. Yeah. <laughs> Wrestling, you know, like those two Japanese guys that trained him, I think. Yeah, the ones you knew. Uh, you know, I was trained by Mr. Hito and so Mr. Much Sakurado. for the Japanese and why, all this. Why is any Japanese wrestler always Mr., by the way? Why would any Japanese wrestler go to this territory? <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but more importantly, they literally just shut that match off because it sucked. <laughs> like, there's no other reason. No, you're right. Yeah. And not only that, Ed Whalen informs us that this previous match with Gagne and Gallant Went to a 30-minute time limit draw. They said 45 minutes. <laughs> they literally said this. So either Ed Whalen doesn't care, he's drunk, or like there's a boredom time limit cap I think there's also. a boredom clause in the contract. <laughs> I wonder who gets the purse money. Is it the guy who was more boring? I think the ref, maybe, yeah. for enduring it. Yeah. So Brett gets a pile driver. Keith Hart, by the way, is his partner against these two Mr. Japanese fellows. Mr. Hot Tag himself. Yeah. So Ed Whalen calls the Japanese guys the uh, Oriental duo. That was nice. <laughs> so Keith gets all upset on the outside about Brett getting beat up, and we get a big suplex by Mr. Sakurada. Sakurada with a big side slam. Joe, this is horrible again. It is. Yeah, like it I, is. I, I tried to like. No, I know, know. Things are kind of happening, but it's bad. It's horrible. You know, I know you like Bret Hart, and I like Bret Hart. But this, this is not Bret Hart. This is Bret before he was Bret. He's this a is, jobber. He, he's learning. Yeah, he's he's just learning. He's twenty two. Yeah. 
So Hito with a power bomb for a one count. That was that was the one good spot here, Quinn. Because remember, it almost looked like he was doing a pile driver. Yeah, and then he scooped him up. That into was a power actually bomb. cool. I'll give him that. That was a good spot. So we are at the twenty-five minute mark. By the way, how for this? <laughs> they gave that twenty-five minutes of an alleged forty-five minute time limit draw. Are we sure? Are we sure it's? Yeah, 45 I mean, I minutes? think there's only five minutes left, honestly, because because I mean, the match does actually complete here. It does. So they might might have been like, oh man, we're getting near that thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Ed Whalen's completely wrong. <laughs> Brett with a big uppercut and he tags in Keith, who slides down the pole into the ring. <laughs> Fireman. Yeah. He gets caught in the corner and gets beat up. Great. He sucks. Yeah, he, he just... Keith Hart. Keith, Keith Hart. <laughs> he should have just always been a fireman. As Johnny Polo once said. Who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrible. So Hito with an airplane spin, but a- Keith reverses it. <laughs> to Airplane his, spin. This is the best part. He reverses it to a sunset flip for a zero count. Yes, and Ed Whalen is like, he almost got him. Like, <laughs> it was so close. What? <laughs> he didn't even he get, didn't a get a one. He didn't get a count, but he's close. <laughs> and then Hito with a very dainty German soup play. He just, yeah. Yeah. A you lot know, of this match, by the way, the sound they're, of it. they're doing like, sometimes I'm seeing moves that are high impact, but I wouldn't know that by the way they're like slamming them. Right. Did you notice that? It was really weird. It's good moves, not executed very well. Yeah. And I also ask you, are the hearts going to win with a nepotism drop <laughs> at the end? And as Quinn says that, I'm not kidding. As Quinn says that, Keith Hart wins with a backslide, which I think they should have renamed the backdraft. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all night. I don't understand why they're winning here they're babies oh stewart's their dad yeah Stuart. no i understand that but i mean eh, like eh, from a complete eh, logic perspective you know, yeah yeah i would tell you but then bret hart just runs in and punches hito for fun that's yeah. kind of funny <laughs> he just runs in and punches him in the face well he had enough of him. <laughs> why not so then whalen interviews stewart yeah and he says that was a great match that's one of the most grueling matches i've seen in many a time many a, t- a day that was a very hard fought match Bullshit. <laughs> we had a great match. <laughs> yeah, Still, what do you think of yeah. the match? That's what you Bruce is in the background of this interview, by the way, with a horrible shirt, a horrible haircut, a horrible cowboy hat, and a horrible personality. It's true. <laughs> all of the above. And then he's got his arm in a sling already from that ring post bump. Like, well, what? I mean, it was like three hours ago in the, in the timetable <laughs> here. Like, if what all these baby, matches though. went all this time, you know? Oh, I got my arm in a sling, yeah. you know? He also talks like Brett. Yeah. They all talk like that. Yeah. Even the sisters talk like Brett. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I, Hart and all that. <laughs> Jim, you know, you shouldn't uh, do the drugs. Yeah, and Cookie Heart. And <laughs> There's no cookie. Oreo Heart and beans. and <laughs> So we're joined in progress with a actual good contest here this is actually okay no surprise it's the dynamite kid one of the best professional wrestlers in ring like ever versus terry sawyer whalen says this match has been the ring-a-ling-dong dandy and it has been your patented genuine ring-a-ding-dong dandy that's almost as bad as good god gertie <laughs> what's funny about that is there's no way for us to know that that's the thing like, like this is like a stampede staple right yeah. you never see a full match right the whole idea is like we show you clips every week you come to our shitty yeah. barn here and you'll get to see the full thing and i don't know if it was noted but whalen does say like at one point he's like well if you want to see the rest of these matches you got to come like yeah he does say that why are you showing me this like <laughs> why wouldn't you show me a whole match so i could decide like if this is good <laughs> like, because from what I'm seeing, it sucks. 
Like, I wouldn't show up to this. <laughs> you wouldn't make the drive from Jersey to Canada? No. Hypothetically? If I lived in Canada, I'd still have to probably drive seven hours anyway to get there. So I'm not doing that for this laying around so I can sit in a barn with old men smoking pipes. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> so Dynamite Kid here is the junior British Commonwealth champion, but it's non-title. Right. And you said to me, Quinn, Dynamite is literally the best thing they have at this point. Right. He He's the he only is. draw, and you can tell by the crowd, because it's the yes. only thing we've heard them yell about. Yeah, they're actually, they're like infinitely more excited than they've been yeah. the entire show. They're but really into this. We're also joined at some progress, too, so I'm sure there was other things that we missed. He probably, like, flipped off the ceiling right. and we missed it. <laughs> like, you know? Inziguri by Dynamite Kid. Everything Dynamite does here looks crisp. High impact. It right. looks great. He's at the apex of like his abilities. He is because like, if you think about the Gagne, Frenchie Martin, whatever crap yeah. we were watching, the arm pull match, and yeah. then like the Motorhead guy and the mm-hmm. opening contest, right. where it's just like, oh, let's wiggle around for a while. Mm-hmm. Dynamite's doing moves, right? Like Brett kind of was, but he was mainly getting his ass kicked. And I, from my understanding, Brett was trying to learn from Dynamite Hell at yeah. this point in time. Brett, Brett noticed. He he was like, no, that guy's the best. In the yes. he's the best we got. And like, Brett admits it. I mean, he, his feud with Dynamite in Stampede. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. Great high-impact matches. So Dynamite was like a real shot of horse steroids that they needed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now he has no legs or something. Right, yeah. So <laughs> exploded off or something. I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> we get a close-up of J.R. Foley. That's D- Dynamite Kid's manager. He was a Stampede staple. Yeah, or Junior Foley. <laughs> Stop it. In his frilly shirt and Elton John sunglasses, according to Ed Whalen. Quinn, huh. you made a good comment about his shirt. Yeah. It's not weird if you think about it, because if we, like, say, went to a wedding in the 1970s, this is how we would dress. So, like, we're laughing at him, right? Yes. But, like, this is kind of standard. People are like, oh, this guy's pretty classy. He's, like, yeah. wearing, like, a suit and stuff. And the Elton John sunglasses kind of look cool on him because... Those are fine. It's the shirt that's silly. The shirt's a little puffy. It's yeah. almost a puffy shirt, but it's, like, the frilly puff in the Just front. Just the frill in the center. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yellow, too. Under the bow tie. It's yellow. It's Who not were, white? Yeah, it was no, yellow? it was definitely yellow. I thought it was just faded on the uh, screen there. Yeah. Some guy is just smoking a pipe right next to him, yep. you noted, <laughs> which yep. is funny. This is a decent match. I'm not going to lie. And kid misses a top rope headbutt. So today's Terry Soy <laughs> makes yeah, the I can, comeback. I, all I could think of was uh, today's Tom Sawyer. <laughs> like, or, or as we say, today's Tom Soy. Yeah, it's from I Love You, man. Yeah, exactly. Today's Tom Soy. You, t- you don't know Rush the no. band? Mm-mm. Exit the warrior, today's Tom Soy. So he makes a comeback with an exciting, for 1979, abdominal yeah. stretch. Right. And then a big vertical suit play gets two. Quinn, you just call him Terry Bagwell yeah, at some point. Yeah, I was point. already forgetting his you name. You don't even care. Because like, I, I hadn't been humming the Tom Soye part yet. And then <laughs> once after that, it was like, I have to keep saying this so I remember it, you know? You know what really surprised me? A small package by Sawyer gets the win. Yeah, that was uh, pretty surprising. I did not expect that. I know it's non-title and everything, and Dynamite's the Commonwealth champion or whatever, but man, right. I, I thought Dynamite was winning. He, this is this whole sequence was the best part of the show. Yes, it was. He freaks the hell out. Yeah. Losing. And then we clip, and Ed Whalen is interviewing Sawyer in the ring, but then J.R. Foley and Dynamite storm in, right. and they're complaining. They're saying Sawyer held the trunks, and then J.R. Foley's saying, look, look, he's not eligible, Terry Soy, yeah, for a title shot, because right. he's an American. Which is logical. It's a British it's title. It's a British Commonwealth title, right? Right. So then Stu waddles into the ring to the <laughs> side. And this is the unintentionally funniest part of the show. It's amazing. Because promoter Stu Hart, who they acknowledge like on they screen. They say he makes the matches. Yep. That's what Terry Soye says or yes. whatever. He comes in and he is like rambling 
and confused and trying to make he's like, well, if you fight him, no, wait, you can't you yeah. can't have this match. No, you can fight him. Yeah. But if you win, exactly. like, he's just going on and on. He's so lost. He's like, eh, well, yeah. he's American. <laughs> he's British. And, but the British can't fight the American. But, but you can fight but, for the world title. But the world, he's he's American, but he's world. So, <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. It's real, too. He's supposed to be, what is he booking this now? <laughs> like, It's like he's just thinking of it as he yeah. goes on in his big, fat, it, striped shirt. It's like we're in the mind of Stu Hart in a barn. That's that's scary. Yeah. That is a horrifying statement. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in the mind of Stuart in a barn. Yeah. Awful. So anyway, everyone kind of starts pushing everyone around. And like, even Stu gets pushed, I think. Right. Um, a a dynamite pushes dynamite him. Dynamite pushes him. And then Ed Whalen, of course, he's amazing. In the middle of it all, he's like, oh, no, don't worry about them, Stu. Like, he's just yelling yeah. stuff in the, <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Because Ed Whalen's like a big face announcer. Like, right. he's the voice of reason. Yeah. It's like, don't worry about these guys, Stu. No, no, no. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> He's almost like, like, kind of just like rebuking them. Yeah, exactly. He's like, no, these guys are stupid. Don't worry Bing about them. Yeah, or something like yeah. I have only just learned. What are you gonna rule, Stu? He'll yatter forever. What are you gonna rule? And then, so finally, the conclusion is they're gonna have a rematch. Today's Tom Sawyer and yeah. Dynamite Kid are gonna have a rematch. And if Sawyer wins, he doesn't. It's not for the British Commonwealth title because right, he can't do that. He's not allowed. He's American. He's from Virginia. If he wins, he'll get a world title shot. But JRFL is like, fine, but it has to be British rules. Which we know about because we cover world of sport. Yeah, and might I say this? Stu in this big confusing speech mentioned briefly that he was that the winner of the match that they just had was supposed to fight the world champion, right? Why do they have to fight again? Like, I don't know. Shouldn't it just be Tom Sawyer or whatever? Like they had the the match already. They did it already. Why do they have to fight again? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I don't get it. He won. Yeah, he won. He it's beat a, him. He's the number one contender for the world right. lightweight belt and, and or whatever. And he can't win yeah. the Commonwealth, so why do they need to fight again? Right. I, I didn't get that. But so, then again, Stu was confused. I mean, and, he didn't know what he was saying. Yeah. Well, he never knows what he's saying. You know, my dad was a real tough guy. He was a really good promoter. He rode tigers or something. <laughs> he, I don't know. Uh, he had a terrible Ted, the wrestling bear. Yeah. So our main event here is the North American champion. So first of all. Yeah. North American champion. So, Quinn, do you think that means that they need to defend it in Mexico? I guess. Because they're so strict about, like, this yeah. British shit, right? Yeah. Like, no, you have to be Brit. Well, can they go to Mexico? Do they have shows in Mexico? Yeah. So I'm North American champion. I don't know. But second of all, Jake Roberts. <laughs> the Snake Roberts here. He's not even a snake he, he yet, right? He hasn't acquired a snake yet, but. <laughs> he hasn't acquired pants yet either. He's got yeah. the short tights. Yeah, he, he's very plucky and young here. And he still has that mustache, yeah. though. And he's fighting. This is weird because this is like WWF 1987, yeah. this match. Big Daddy Ritter, who would go on to be known, much better known, as the Junkyard Dog. Yeah, and he should be called Big Daddy Dog. Or dig diggity dog. Yes, sure, that'll work. Yeah. Uh, This is weird. And Quinn, you said Jake looked like crap. Yeah, because he's. I said he was young, but he also is. he's like skinny, and but he's also got the dirt stash, so he looks older than he is, and he's yes. probably like 22 or something. He's like, yeah, maybe 24. He yeah. looks old, though. Yeah. I'll give you that. So we're, of course, <laughs> we wouldn't have it any other way. We're joined to progress yeah. at the 11-minute mark. Ugh. I know. Arm locks, folks. Arm locks. It is the theme. 
yeah. of tonight's presentation. Now, Junkyard Dog here is in much better shape than I've ever seen. Yeah, he looks really he good. He looks really good. It's he's surprising pretty young. how his body like fell down the stair by the time he got to WWE. <laughs> You're right. And he's, yeah. he's probably, I'd say, like in his mid-late 20s, too. He's not that old. Everyone's here. young on this show. Everyone's young. I'll give them that. Other than um, Frenchie Martin. Yeah, well, Frenchie Martin, I think, was always old. Yeah. <laughs> and always bad. He's old in like the 40s. <laughs> yeah. So we get a big body slam by Junk, but he misses an elbow. And Quinn, you said a, a very good point. At least this isn't a bunch of standing around. Yeah, these guys kind of prove why they're like the headliners, right? Yes, I mean, I like, agree. there's a reason they're headlining the show. And it's not nepotism or right. anything. Like, these are people that are stars that they brought in. Yeah, and they're they're not bad. Yeah. They're really not that bad. Jake gets a very punchy comeback because that was one of his things. He just did a lot of punches. Yeah. And then he, this is the, the best thing ever. So this whole match, Junkyard's got a taped fist, right? Right which he says later is due to an injury. Right. So he's about to hit Jake. Jake bails out of the... Or he does hit Jake, actually, with it. Jake bails out of the ring. The ref's checking out the taped fist now. Right. Out of nowhere, Jake from the outside finds himself... A hard plastic chair, like not a folding chair. Yeah, like almost like those school chair kinds. Yeah, like a school chair. Yeah. Launches it at him. Right. The ref doesn't do anything. Yeah, that's not enough. That's okay, I guess. Then Jake shoves... Sandy Scott down and that's then it. yeah, yeah then that, we get a DQ what <laughs> very that strange was really weird so we get a very quick and very terse <laughs> promo with Jake yeah by be- far the best talking I well think I mean Jake didn't say much there he was just like I'm gonna beat you or whatever he did a good job though he's like I'm gonna beat you to death basically yeah. hey bring him back down here next week he can have the title shot and I'll give you my word either I'll leave Calgary or I'll take that damn glove off of him and beat him half to death with it and right. then Big Daddy Ritter here with J.R. Foley. Yeah, Big yeah, Daddy Yeah, he manages dog. him, too, yeah. I guess. You said he's like the Captain Lou of Stampede. Yeah, I mean, he J.R. just manages Foley. all the heels. Like, he does. That's basically all it is. That's Dynamite, you know, Big Daddy Dog, yep. and, you know, that kind of stuff. So Junk Food over here gives a decent promo, and then he, yell- then he yells at Stu Hart. Of course. And also, Quinn, you notice this. He says dog a yes. real lot. He keeps saying is like I'm gonna beat him like a dog or this dog, guy's dog, a dog, dog, yeah. dog, dog, this, dog, dog, that. But like, he wasn't a junkyard dog until like eighty three. Maybe or it was something. just like a natural thing that came up. Maybe he always just said it and then they were just like, just call you the junkyard dog. Maybe. Like maybe that's what happened. And then Ed Whalen literally <laughs> waves goodbye from yeah. the ring. He's like, yeah. bye bye. Bye bye now. <laughs> yeah. Like, Another edition of Stampede Wrestling by by now. And then we go to credits. Credits, roll credits, promoter Stu Hart. <laughs> and host Ed Whalen. That's right. Yep. And that's that's your show. Quinn, we finally ventured uh, across the border. We brought our passports with us. It was yeah, well, nice. We've been across some borders on this show, like the time we did um, Japan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, or Japan, like where everything time, was five stars. Like the time we did uh, World of Sport. We did do that, but then we finally England. went within North America, you know, right. and uh, that really was, ugh. I mean, I could see some glimpses of hope, though. At the end, the last half of the show was okay. Most of it was horrible. Like, it was yeah. really, like, unbearable. Right, right. Which is bad, because I don't know how you would, like, turn that on and watch past, like, five minutes. I don't know. But, yeah. I mean, if you think back to 1979, what was WWE doing? That Even was so that was good? a little more peppy, at the very least. This was boring. This was boring. Yeah. Like, when we reviewed, my only frame of reference for late 70s that I can think of when we reviewed WWF World Championship or Championship Wrestling, right from '78, right, it, there was some entertaining stuff on yeah. there. I'm not gonna lie. 
It wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible. It was okay. It was it was enough. It wasn't great. This the first half until we got to like Dynamite Kid. You and me were barely saying anything to each other. That's how boring. That's it was. the hallmark of it being boring. Yeah. yeah. If it's bad, we're talking a real lot. If it's good, we're talking a real lot. Yeah. If it's boring, we don't know what to say. We don't know what to say. Hence, any digressions we might make. Yeah. So I don't know, Quinn. This might have been one of the worst things we've watched. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was pretty awful. But folks, we obviously want to know if you have any review requests, throw them our way. The only criteria that I have to say is a one hour show. Right. Whether it's a one hour nitro, or like we did five minutes, I guess, without commercials. Minimum. Yeah. But if it has commercials, it's fine. We like to recap commercials too. Yeah. So that's what I have to say on that. Quinn, this is uh, not a good period of time for Stampede, I guess. I think they uh, had better. Was there a good period I, for Stampede? I think the earlier 80s, yes, I think, I think were better. I think the best thing that ever happened to them was getting bought by Vince. Well, I think it was the best for the fans because they got Bret Hart and the Bulldogs right. out of the deal. And, and the Canadian fans still got to see Bret Hart. True. It's not yeah. Like they lost him. No, I mean, Bret and, Hart. Hart obviously was one of the uh, best Canadian wrestlers ever. Yeah, and they still got to see Dynamite Kid and a British Bulldog mm-hmm. and, and Jim Neidhart. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Owen. 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 <laughs> you know what's interesting, Quinn, as we wrap up here? Next week, it's going to be Labor Day, folks, and you're going to have the day off. And you know what? I cannot think of a better way than spending your Labor Day with our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling <laughs> Podcast. So, folks, be sure to tune in next week for episode number 47 and have a very nice weekend, you know, listening to OVP Podcast, yeah. right? Why not? Enjoy it. We always appreciate you finding us on Twitter. You can tweet at us. Give us the giffies, the jiffies. You can email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook group. Quinn, one thing is they can leave an iTunes review. We'd love that. Yeah, always leave the reviews. It helps the other fans find us. Yep. So it's, it's good for you. It's good for us. It's, it's good for America. It's good for America. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, on our website, ovppodcast.com, you can find our suggestion box. So if there's anything at all you want us to talk about, we will do our very best to get to you. So, folks, until then, until next week, until Labor Day, have a good rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you on Monday. See ya. Foley says he's not eligible because he's not a British uh, You might have a sub... Uh, uh, pro- you might have he an occasion there. Subject. He does not want to a Commonwealth Council, Mr. Ord. We have the junior heavyweight champion of the world coming in here Stampede Week. And uh, I was planning on the winner of this match going against... Uh, he does not qualify. Against uh, Nelson Royal, the, the world champion. This man here. Well, yes. That's me, Stuart. That's me, Dynamite Kid. This not not Terry Sawyer. Tonight. This man beat the Dynamite Kid tonight. Well, just a minute. I may be on the main event here in a minute. All right, what do you got to say about it? He beat the Dynamite Kid, and I'd say he's the man that's got the title shot right now. Nelson Royal is an American. I would say the winner of this match gets a title with the, shot, with the Nelson Royal. No one and I am me, Mr. Holt. What have you got to say for yourself, Foley? This man was beaten fair and square in the middle of the no ring. The I would say the only thing to do is bring the match back then, and the winner, I don't say he will, he will win the, he can't win the, he can't win the Commonwealth belt, but if he beats your man, he will wrestle for the world title. It's wonderful. I'm just, what are you doing?